Hey guys, it's Brant, and I'm back with another Kiss The Panel Has Spoken video for a Kiss album. And it's the final full-fledged Kiss album, studio album that we're doing for the panel. And uh, it is this it is this monster right here. It is monster. And uh, looks like Chris, looks like Kimchi has the, the one with the monster O, right? Yes, actually. Yeah, this is the picture disc one. Oh, the picture disc. Um, yeah. Mine is, uh, it doesn't have that. This was this was after the potential lawsuit. Um, and <laughs> mine's never been opened, and it does not have the 3D cover. Oh, that's really nice. This doesn't show up well on camera, I already know, but it's like a cool stage shot. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, this is the 180 gram all killer, no filler, <laughs> no ballads, just full throttle rock and roll, featuring the radio hit Hell or Hallelujah, full on oral salt, Rolling Stone magazine. You mean Rolling Stone actually had something good to say about Kiss? <laughs> wow, that's that's, some, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that is something. Um, but yeah, so we're here to talk about Monster, and I've got my good buddy, you're over here, i got my good buddy, Kimchi Chris, with me again, and uh, it's good to have you back, man. Good to be back. And uh, we're going to talk about Monster, we're going to talk about you guys on the panel, and we're going to talk about uh, list these tracks. we got 12 tracks, and no, I did not include right here, right now. I know a lot of you hate that, um, but not everybody had the version that had uh, right here, right now on it. So I wanted to go, once again, I opted to go with the official kind of more regular distributed version of the album. So no right here, right now uh, on it. It wouldn't have scored high anyway because not everybody put it. Um, so we got 63 on the panel this time, and uh, which is actually pretty good. And so... We'll talk about who's on the panel here. It's me and Kimchi Chris, and it is from YouTube, Gregory Pegg, Future Squash 767, Rick from It's All For You Demon, Emily Graziano, Buckwheat, Stephen Goodman, That Toy Bonnie Guy, Jay Rucker, Kiss Army Rocks, Marco, Tom Tobin, Travis Mulgard, Super Kiss 1200, Joey Middleton, Alex Vasquez, Carolina Hard Rock Metalhead, Trevor Bullock, John O, Ryan M, Jeremy Camona, Raven FM, Holspa Metal, Jay Reed, Rocker L0270, Mick C Horror and Pop Culture, Mikhail D, Wam SB, Hard Rock Reverie, Kissin' Time, Hitspace 1980, Sublime 130, Joel Pegg, Robbie Stars, Type O Positive, Viking, Scott Epperly, and from Twitter, we have Matthew Smith, Darren Helliwell, Aladio, Tony Rod, Jeff Wyatt, Paul Teplius, Tom Dust, C.C. Simmons, Kissman, Sam Loomis, Bree Strutter, Bill Sharp, David King, John Schaefer. From Facebook, Destroyer Dave, Paul Bertolino, Sandy Graziano, Walter Tajesson, Michael Avant, Matt Yucci, Michael Wayne. From Instagram, The Rock Soldier, AJ Zetro1975, Drew Tan 16, Michael Westbrot, and Justin Churchy Hansen underscore 17. So that is our panel. Monster for me was one of those albums I didn't buy right off when it came out. Um, 
I wasn't that impressed with Sonic Boom when it came out, although Sonic Boom has grown on me quite a bit. Uh, Monster was and still is my least favorite of the two. I know some people prefer Monster over Sonic Boom. Uh, I'm kind of in, I prefer the Sonic Boom, the Sonic Boom over the Monster. Uh, I didn't buy this when it first came out. It was several years later after I got it. And when I listened to it, I thought, well, there's some good tracks on there, um, but I like Sonic Boom better. And so I kind of put it away for a while until uh, I went to go review it uh, last year with Rick. And um, we reviewed it together. And I listened to it more, and I liked it a little more. But it basically just became the songs I liked, I liked more. And the songs I didn't like, I liked less. Uh, I didn't start liking songs I liked less more as, as it had happened in the past. Uh, this uh, past week, or actually the week before, because we're a little late on this one, just to, I've been busy as crap. Um, this, um, I listened to it, and it's basically... The same thing. The songs that I like, I like more. And the songs I don't like, I just don't like. I, like, I just don't like them. Uh, so um, it's about half and half for this album for me. There's six songs I'm like, yeah. Uh, and the other six I'm like, you know, kind of on. Uh, and the further you get down on the list, the the more they get down to where I don't really care for them. But other than that, I, I, I stand in that camp of I wish this wouldn't be Kiss's final album. Some people said uh, they wish Kiss would make another album just so um, this isn't their last album. The only way I make Kiss, the only way I want Kiss to make another studio album uh, is if they make an album with the actual, like, come together and do something that Kiss would never do, come together and make an album where it's like, we're all members of Kiss that are still alive, and we're going to work on this collection of songs together. We're going to have Bruce, we're going to have Vinny, we're going to have, you don't even have to be in the studio at the same time. You can pull a Guns N' Roses and just bring members in individually and record your parts. Uh, it doesn't have to be cohesive. But it'd just be really good. They've got enough ghost musicians between Vinny, Bruce, Tommy. They've all been ghost musicians on albums before. Bringing Ace and Peter and, and Paul and Gene. And while everybody is still alive, because these guys are getting older, while everybody's still alive and while everybody can still somewhat perform, at least to do some songs, to make an album that is a true celebration of all remaining live members of KISS. Um, will that ever happen? Hell no, that'll never happen. So um, that is why I really don't care if KISS makes another album. Uh, Paul Stanley really doesn't care to make any more KISS music, he says, but he's going to do other stuff. But um, So if, if they're not fully on board, I don't want them doing something half-assed, so I'll take Monster as their last album because it does have some good stuff on it. So Chris, what about you when it comes to Monster? Yeah, I do remember, uh, funny enough, similar to the other ones that I've been on here, I remember being excited about this when it came out. Uh, this came out when I was in college, and 
I remember being stuck at college all day because I would take classes like two or three days a week because I didn't live super close to my college. So I'd be there from like nine in the morning to like nine at night, you know, two, three days a week. And I remember going to school that day and just all day being so mad that there was a new Kiss record out and all I could do was be at school. So when I eventually got out, funny enough, I had to go to a Walmart to get it because it was late at night. And I said, yeah, you know, they'll have it. They had Sonic Boom, you know, obviously. So they'll have Monster. But uh, they did not have it at the like first Walmart I stopped at. And I stopped at like two more on the way home. Finally got it at the last one. And they had it on display with like a thousand copies of Sonic Boom that had not moved, which was pretty funny. And I remember getting it and kind of just being a little bit kind of kind of where you are but not exactly like a little bit more on a positive side i kind of listened to it and said all right this is a new record like i thought it was good but i thought it was kind of equal to sonic boom in that regard and i kind of still stand behind that in the fact that sonic boom was a little bit refreshing so they tried to kind of harken back to what they were monster while it does sound a little bit more modern i kind of think they did a lot of the same a lot of the same tropes are there and a lot of the same types of songs almost match songs on sonic boom we'll get into that when we get the actual songs uh, but with that being said, the other part I was a little bit disappointed on is that I knew even with the new record out, they weren't going to play a lot of this stuff live. It was just a vehicle to get them out on the road a little bit more. Uh, and of course, you know, the actual, some of the other parts around it, I think are a little bit disappointing. I think the album cover is just kind of not good, you know, because you, you have all these great album covers like Love Gun and Destroyer and Rock and Roll Over and even like Revenge. And this one just, let's throw a picture of the guys on there. You know, and with Kiss, it's so visual that that's, that's important. Uh, but overall, I think it's a pretty good record. I kind of agree with you. If this is going to be their last record, they went out on a pretty good note overall. Uh, there's a lot of bands that go out on much lower notes. So, uh, you know, I mean, if you know, I like The Elder all right, but imagine if they went out on The Elder. Everybody w- would have been mad about that. So, uh, you know, it could be a worse way to go out. So we got 12 tracks, and we'll go ahead and get into the songs. All right, so what is your prediction for number 12? I predicted Eat Your Heart Out just because I remember a lot of people not liking that song when the record came out. Okay. I predicted Eat Your Heart Out as well. There you go. <laughs> um, with 267 points, the panel chose for number 12, Eat Your Heart Out. <laughs> um, three panelists, Buck Wheat, Mikhail D., and C.C. Simmons, uh, picked eat your heart out as their favorite song so where'd you pick eat your heart out for you i put it at number nine so not the very bottom but obviously not even close to the top i think it's kind of an average song i don't think it's bad i i commend them for trying to do something a little bit different with the intro with kind of the harmonized vocals however i think that's also a detractor from the songs i remember a lot of people not liking that as as the intro and just that lyric of gene saying he needs a hot mess that was a phrase that was really popular around that time with like younger kids, but with it coming from Gene Simmons, it sounded kind of weird and a little bit cringe even. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, though, it's kind of just an average rock song. There's not a lot to say about it um, outside of those aspects. I put it as no. I actually was a little more kind that uh, to it than you were. I actually put it at <laughs> number seven for me. Um, it is the first song that I kind of start going, okay, here's the rest of the here's the rest of the album. Um, I hate the acapella, the acapella, I always <laughs> want to say acapella, the acapella, acapella beginning. I hate that. If they would have just started it with that nasty riff that comes in right after that. Um, I love that. Uh, and, and yeah, I, that whole hot mess thing that Gene says, and there's a couple, um, places on here, especially Gene, where you almost get the feel that 
they're trying too hard to be cool. And they're like, on on Sonic Boom, it's like people got mad at them because they were trying too hard to sound like mid-70s Kiss. On this one, it's almost like the beef with them is they're trying too hard to sound cool, hip. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like today we would go, okay, Boomer. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, that's what we would be saying. Okay, Boomer. Okay, sit down, you know, talk, start trying, quit trying to mess with a hot mess. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, so, but um, I like the actual chorus once it kicks in and the music is playing and everything. But the eat your heart out chorus by itself at the very beginning and them kind of joking around before and after. And it's just like, no, no, just, just start it with that nasty, tasty riff. Uh, and and then just and just go from there for me. So yeah, it's number seven. Um, so what is your prediction for number eleven? I predicted out of this world just because I know people don't love Tommy a lot of the time. Uh, I predicted take me down below. And my pre it was really hard for me to predict stuff because um, I really didn't know what people think. So I tried to I think. I, I tried to think. A lot of times people think opposite of me. So that's what I chose. At number 11, at 330 points, the panel chose All for the Love of Rock and Roll. Three panelists, Tom Tobin, Jeff Wyatt, and Justin Churchy Hansen, picked um, All for the Love of Rock and Roll as their favorite song. I picked All for the Love of Rock and Roll for me as my um, 12th favorite song this song gets skipped every time um all for the love of rock and roll all for the glory i mean could they not <laughs> give eric something a little more original and i actually heard somebody call this why they said why the hell is kiss recording a country song and i hear that <laughs> it does have that rockabilly it also it almost has kind of a Kiss has that rockability they do in a lot of their songs. That da -na 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 -na, kind of you pick it, you hear it in. It's all right a little bit for Paul. I'm pretty yeah. good at taking care of myself. The, when you hear it, you just kind of want to bounce back and forward like that. And yeah. it kind of has that. And it's got cowbell because Kiss thinks it should have cowbell because uh, it's a drummer playing the song. So hell, let him hit a <laughs> cowbell. Um, but I don't know. This just sounds like another. Peter Chris-ish type song that they're letting the Catman or the drummer play, telling about, you know, why why I started playing in a band, and it's all for the love of rock and roll. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's one of those, it's like you're trying too hard, um, a trying too hard song to me. So, uh, so yeah, man, it's the bottom of the list for me. Well, I went in a different direction. <laughs> I put it at, I put it at number four. I love this song. I do think it is hampered, funny enough, by Eric singing it, even though I love his voice. I think he's a wonderful singer. I think he's a great singer. I would love to hear a record from him singing. It's in his name, Eric Singer. Ha, ha, ha. But uh, I do think it's hampered by him singing it as far as the Kiss fandom goes. I think if Paul was singing this, it would have ranked a lot higher, <laughs> just to be fair, uh, because the subject matter is there. The... The country comparison, I don't really get because to me it sounds more, it, it almost, the riff sounds very similar to Mr. Speed even. Mm -hmm. I think it has kind of that same, just that girth to it. And even that I've kind of heard compared to Leonard Skinner before. So I guess the country Southern rock thing, yeah, I guess it's there a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, 
I think the music's wonderful. I think that Eric is a great singer on it. I think the uh, message works really well with Kiss. I think if this had been the single, but with Paul singing it, it would have been really, it would have worked really well. But because Eric's singing it and, uh, you know, it is the way it is, it's just kind of going to always be a forgotten gem. But I really like this song. I think it's amazing. I love it every time I hear it. I couldn't, I couldn't be further from you on skipping it. But, hey, you know, I, I completely understand as well because, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like classic Kiss vocally because, you know, it's not classic Kiss vocally. So right. there's that. But otherwise, it's pretty, it's a pretty great song, I think. Okay. So what's the, the prediction for number 10? I predicted at 10 it would be all for the love of rock and roll for the same reasons we just talked about. <laughs> um, I predicted The Devil Is Me uh, at number 10. Um, what the panel chose with... 349 points at number 10 the panel chose the devil is me uh one panelist ryan m picked the devil is me as their uh number one song where did you pick the devil is me i have it straight down at the bottom number 12 (laughs) uh similar uh to uh the gene song on the last record uh i'm an animal on sonic boom I just don't think this one works for Gene at his age. I think it's kind of corny. I think it's contrived. I, this one, if you play this, then I'm an animal back and forth. I think they even sound kind of similar. Uh, again, the riff is okay, kind of like that one, but I, it's supposed to be, you know, the God of Thunder or War Machine or whatnot, but I just don't think it works too well. It's, uh, I think at this point in Gene's musical journey, if you will, uh, he's really good at like straightforward rock songs, and he's good at kind of the like weirder or even poppier stuff. But the more heavy stuff, I think he kind of he lost it a little bit on being able to write that stuff. I mean, hey, this song might have been better if they brought Vinny in to write it, <laughs> right, right, right. But uh, I don't know. I, I put it at the bottom. I don't think it's that great of a song. Okay, um, it came in midway for me. It came in at number six, but this is my um, bottom of the choice songs that I like. Um, it's still not grown old to me that Gene still tries to rock out and do heavy songs. Um, and I do like the heaviness of this song. I do like um, the the kind of the images and that he has that he's you know portraying in this song. But there's two things that detract it and kind of stick it lower down for me. The reason why it's not a a higher song, like maybe a a three or a four is because the chorus is just the devil is me. <laughs> and it's like, and then, and then I kind of in my brain go back to Gene Simmons, family jewels, which I love that show and mm-hmm. him at the beginning of it. And that's why it's great to be me, me, me. The devil is <laughs> me. He says yeah. me the same way. And so, um, and so, yeah, it kind of knocks it down a lot for me. Um, but, it's it's mid it's middle of the album for me. All right, so um, I, and I love me I love when me when me and a host has me and Rick used to do that all the time, and I love when we have two we look at a song from two totally different opposite ways, and I oh, love, yeah I love that that's great. So that brings us up to number nine prediction. I predicted Freak because similar to Eat Your Heart Out, I remember people not really loving this one when it came out. Okay, I predicted um, Shout Mercy at number nine because uh, uh, there's just things about it that, there's things about it that are not very Kiss-esque 
that I think that some people wouldn't care for. Um, but at number nine with 353 points, the panel chose Out of This World. One panelist, Kiss Man, picked it as their favorite. Um, me, personally, I picked Out of This World actually as number five. And I listened with my ears and not with my eyes and tried to pretend that it wasn't Tommy Thayer being forced by Gene and Paul to um, sing and perform another Ace Frehley ripoff. Um, but at least Tommy didn't. I did agree with one panelist. At least Tommy didn't try to rip Ace off too much in his guitar solos, not as much as he did in Sonic Boom. But to me, and, and for those of you who, who love Tommy Thayer as a guitarist, I'm sorry because a lot of people talk about, you know, I'll go listen to him in Black and Blue, and I thought Black and Blue was a great band, and Tommy was an entirely different musician in that band, and that was an entirely different type of band. But Tommy's guitar, his, his solos, to me, in Kiss, when he is not ripping off Ace Frehley, his solos become very unmemorable. They almost just become white noise. You can't sing them. You can't remember them because they're just there. They're just part of the music, and they don't stick out and grab you. And, um, you know, sad, but it, they, they just don't. But I like Out of This World. I think it's great. Um, it's it's number five to me. Yeah, I put it at number eight. And it's funny because right before we did this, uh, started this recording, I did something I haven't done on any of the others beforehand. I listened to the full record right before we started this just to kind of have it all in there. And I remember this song sticking out to me and I was like, you know, I probably should have put this a little higher on the list. I think it's really good too, but you know, I'm sticking with what I, with what I chose, which was number eight. And uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you a lot on this one. They let it be a little bit more natural, if you will. Uh, there's obviously still all the acisms there, lyrically speaking, and even in, towards the end when they put the uh, flanger effect on the guitar, that's that's Rocket Ride, basically, there in a nutshell. That being said, it's a really good song, and I like Tommy's voice. I don't know that it necessarily, similar to Eric's, it might not make the most sense in Kiss necessarily, but I do like his voice quite a bit. And uh, the only thing on that, too, that makes me a little bit sad is that it took, you know, Eric Carr several albums to finally get a lead vocal track and he had to get squeezed in with a recording of Beth yet they gave Tommy one you know and right on his uh, his first release with the band but uh, nonetheless it's a really cool song it's catchy and I do kind of agree with you on the some of his solos kind of kind of fading away you know like you said white noise background even though the only thing I will say on that in his defense is that you gotta think when was the last time this guy was writing new solo music let's just be fair I mean we're talking black and blue he obviously worked with Kiss in the background for years. He's played all the classic songs. So, I mean, it, it sometimes takes a little bit of time. I think if Tommy put out a solo record at some point, when all this is done, said and done, it, there could be some pretty interesting stuff on there. Because when he's left to his own devices, a little bit more like on this song, uh, he can come up with some cool stuff. He, uh, he can come up with some cool riffs, even if his solos are a little, little eh. But uh, I could see that being pretty cool if he put out a solo record. But, uh, yeah, I like this song. It's cool. I think Tommy Thayer is a better riff writer than he is a solo writer. That's just my opinion. He is good with riffs. I, I could see him being the kind of guy that just goes in the studio and they're like, come up with a riff with like this feeling and this speed and this, you know, and he just say, all right. And then he would just do it. I could see him being that kind of guy, honestly. Yeah. Okay. So what do we have prediction wise for number eight? 
Uh, for number eight, I predicted The Devil Is Me, which is plainly wrong, but that's what I predicted. <laughs> for number eight, I predicted Out of This World. So I was off just a little bit. For number eight, at 361 points, the panel chose Last Chance. Three panelists, Tony Rod, Tom Dust, and Destroyer Dave, picked Last Chance as their favorite song. So where'd you pick it for you? Uh, I picked it at number seven, so like most middle of the road you can get. Uh, I think it's a good rocker. I mean, they're all good rockers on this. That's all there is here. There's no there's no ballads, as the hype sticker says. But uh, I think it's a good song. And, uh, you know, the lyrics are interesting because it almost seems like Paul knew this was a, there was a good chance it was going to be the last record with the last song having last in the title. And even the lyrics, you know, your last chance to do all these things. And I think it's a cool song. Uh, is it a little bit forgettable in the canon of all Kiss songs ever made? Sure, but it, it works okay. And, you know, a lot of times the the last song is either going to be an anthem or completely forgettable. And this one I don't think is completely forgettable, even though it's not an anthem. It's So it's it's middle rung even for a last song. But it's it's cool. I like it. Um, last Chance, it basically fell to the bottom to me at 11 just because it's more of the more forgettable songs on the album. Um, I, unless I am listening to this song, a lot of times I can't remember exactly how it goes. And I've listened to it just as much as I have all the other songs on this album. And I can tell you how most of them start. I can tell you how most of them, you know, what, what different aspects and what different elements each one of them has. But the last chance, uh, it, it's... And it just falls very unforgettable or unmem- unmemorable is what I'm trying to say. Um, and, and I kind of get the same feeling. It's the last chance. It's the last song on the potentially last live album or last studio album. So, yeah, it's just it falls way, way, way low for me. Okay. Um, so number seven predictions. Uh, for number seven, I predicted Shout Mercy. Okay. I predicted uh, Long Way Down for number seven. What the panel chose, breaking into the 400s at number seven, the panel chose Shout Mercy. I was right. <laughs> right. Six panelists, Joel Pegg, Aladio, Paul Teplius, Walter Te. Walter Chajesson, Matt Ucci, the rock soldier, picked Shout Mercy as their favorite song. I picked Shout Mercy for me as my eighth favorite song. Uh, basically, I like this song, but the woot-woos get to me. <laughs> um, but I do like, I like the attitude of this song, and I like the riff of this song. I like the way Paul sings this song. Uh, you know, I I even like the background vocals, like whenever he says, I want to something, see you get a little crazy and like Jenny here. Oh yeah. All right. I like the background vocals and everything about this songs. I'm just not very too keen on the woot woos. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's what pushes it down to number eight for me, pushes it down into that bottom part of the album. Yeah, I put it at number 10, so mine's kind of low too. I don't think it's an awful song by any stretch of the imagination, but kind of going back to even Last Chance from the track before, I think it's kind of forgettable. 
it's it's fine but it you know the one of the coolest parts actually are those gene backup vocals i think because you know you're 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 in there on a Paul song, and then you just have Gene come in with the "Oh yeah," and I, I love that about it. Uh, that part's really cool. Uh, but the oohs and the ahs—I've uh, heard people before say they really don't like those, and I'm kind of whatever with them. But uh, I think it's just kind of a forgettable song. It's 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 just okay. All right, so we're almost up to the top five. We're at number six. So what's prediction for number six? I predicted uh, "Take Me Down Below." Okay. I predicted all for the love of rock and roll. I was wrong on that one. Um, At 425 points, the panel chose for number six, Take Me Down Below. Winner again. You're right again. (laughs) One panelist, Alex Vasquez, picked this as their favorite track. So where'd you pick Take Me Down Below for you? Ooh, Take Me Down Below is amazing. I put it at number three. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a song that the first time I heard it, it, it honestly was just kind of blended in. Because a lot of these tracks I do think kind of blend together. And, you know, it was cool. It was whatever. But it was when I listened to it a little bit more. And I listened to that lyrical content. <laughs> it's just, I love that at their age, like Gene and Paul can still write such a dirty song. And it somehow seems plausible from them. Uh, you know, I have the lyrics up here for this one because I was waiting for this one to come up because I wanted to make sure I quoted it correctly. Uh, but like my favorite part of the Paul part of it is the um, I love how they phrased it on the lyrics, too. They put I raised my thing spelled S or T-H-A-N-G, not thing that, you know, but I raised my thing and she dropped her dress. I'll take you on a cruise. You'll never forget. She said, we better move because I'm already wet, Mr. Paul Stanley. You know, that's <laughs> You gotta love it. And I do love the back and forth vocals. We all love that in history. And uh, I think just the, you could call it in your window, but there's not much left of the imagination. But the, we know what they're doing. Uh, these are great, you know, pickup lines to use if you want to uh, try to get, you know, arrested at the bar one night. Right. And uh, the, the music's great. The riff's great. The lyrics are comically amazing. I mean, I love everything about this song. Number three, strong, a strong almost number one i mean a strong number three (laughs) (laughs) um this one falls this one actually falls down at number nine for me this actually falls down below shout mercy but they're kind of um they're kind of almost the same to me and i think that i remained in that realm with it that you said you started off in where it just kind of kind of was un you know unmemorable and now it's just with me it's just kind of stayed there but i do love the words about it um i do love the gene and paul vocal trade-off anytime you get that that's gold uh and, and you know like i said there's not there's really only a couple songs on here that i really don't really care for and there's only one that i skip so um but yeah take me down below is good there's just you know songs i like above it uh better All right, so that brings us up to number five. At uh, number five, I predicted Back to the Stone Age. Okay. I predicted Wall of Sound for number five. And at 436 points for number five, the panel chose Back to the Stone Age. How am I winning all these? You are on fire, man. <laughs> um, 
Four panelists, Future Squash, 767, Super Kiss 1200, Scott Epperly, Michael Westbrot picked Back to the Stone Age as their number one song. Um, I picked Back to the Stone Age for me as um, my number three song. I love the way this song starts. I love that when you get Gene Screams, I always love Gene Screams. Um, I love how the 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 verse just kind of the music just kind of the breaks down and it's just Eric on the bass drum when he says in the beginning there was darkness and there was light and it just kind of has that driving snare um, rhythm to it that driving drum rhythm. Um, the weakest link to me in this whole song is the chorus. I'm not a big fan of the back to the Stone Age, back where I back where I came from, or back where I belong. I'm not the biggest fan uh, of the the chorus, but I love the riff. It's a tasty riff. I love the way Gene sings in it, and I love the verses. Um, you know, I even like the little cheesy thing they do where it's when he comes out of the solo and it's like da na 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 na. I like it. It's like, it's like, I, whenever I remember the very first time I heard that, that split second where it stopped, I'm like, he's going to say something. And he said something, you know? So I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I would expect Gene to do. Um, either I like it or yeah, or just something, mm -hmm. just something. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a predictable Gene song. It's a Gene song, not a, not a demon song, but I always like whenever Gene, he's very, Gene Simmons, if you've ever had a chance to just sit and listen to the man talk when it comes to things he's passionate about other than money, but when he's talking about people's faith, regardless of what it is, whether it's Christianity or whatever their faith is, or when he's talking about politics, or when he's talking about religion, and I don't mean like religion as faith, I mean like religion as fact, things like that, like things from the Bible with him being Jewish and everything, Man, he is very astute, and he's very intelligent, and he's actually, believe it or not, he's actually a very conservative uh, person uh, when it comes to his beliefs. He's very conservative. So I always like when you hear Gene do a song that kind of has religious, um, kind of religious overtones and stuff like that to it. Um, and so this song has kind of has that feeling uh, even though it's talking about Stone Age, just that whole in the beginning, there was darkness and there was light. That's almost a kind of a paraphrasing of one of the first verses in the Bible from the book yeah. of Genesis. In the beginning, there was the Word, and the Word was, you know, so in there, it's kind of in the beginning, there was darkness, and there was light, there was good, there was evil, there was heaven, there was hell. So it's kind of all these lines that you can draw. And I know I'm probably pulling a lot out of a song, you know, probably, <laughs> you know, this is a far stretch to be on a Kiss album. Um, but yeah, I like it. Um, it is number three for me. Yeah, I put it high as well. I put it at number two. I think it's the, uh, not to give away my number one pick too much, but I think it's the best Gene song on the record for sure. I think uh, kind of to echo you, that riff is really good. Musically, this one is great. And uh, I think the lyrics are, you know, I kind of go where you go with that. I also think, though, overall with the lyrics, it seems like it's a little bit pieced together, which we all know Gene does that with songs. He'll just kind of piece things together. And I think the chorus might be, you know, going, I'm going to concentrate on a different part of the lyrics than you. I think it might be a little bit more symbolic on the opposite end of kind of what we were talking about earlier, how 
Kiss seemed like they were almost trying to be hip and cool with like the hot mess lyric. But this one, Gene's almost saying, I know my place. I'm an older rocker guy, and this is what I do. And I think he's most at home in that situation. As a result, I think it's a great track in that situation. And uh, this is one where I do really like the Tommy solo because, as we discussed earlier, sometimes they're a little bit more forgettable. But this one, I can hum it. I can sing it. It's great. Uh, like you said, the little approval from Gene at the at the end of it. You know, he's he's approving of it, which you know he does he does that same thing when they play live uh, after he gets the uh, crowd going in the God of Thunder solo. He'll just kind of I like it. You know, it's almost like one of his catchphrases, almost like a a Paul Stanleyism when Paul's like, you know what I'm talking about. That's almost a Gene one right there, and I love that it's in a recorded song. I think this song is great. It's fire. It's amazing. It's everything a good Gene song should be. So I I, I love it. Awesome, awesome. So that brings us to number four. At number four, I predicted Wall of Sound. I predicted for number four, Last Chance. I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. (laughs) uh, At number four, with 400, staying in the 400s, with 446 points, Mm -hmm. the panel chose Wall of Sound. And I and I cry foul, sir. <laughs> I went through and I added it all up myself. No, I just I not have the attention span to do that. But with you know, with what's left, I might get a few more right. <laughs> um, five five panelists: Stephen Goodman, Travis Mulgard, Carolina Hard Rock, Metalhead, Wam SB, and uh, Drew Tan picked Wall of Sound as their favorite song. Where'd you pick it for you? I put it at number six, so just a little bit lower, but not at the very bottom, right? Literally right in the middle. And uh, I think it's a cool Gene song. I think it's kind of similar to what we were just talking about with uh, Back to the Stone Age, but I just think it's not done quite as well as Back to the Stone Age. Uh, I, I do like the uh, the idea of the chorus because uh, just lyrically, you just get this, you know, this picture of just these giant, you know full stack amps just blaring out music with all this feedback just rumbling a stadium and i i love the imagery of that and uh you know the the music's good uh the vocals are good it's performed well but uh, i think it's just kind of the lesser uh version of back to the stone age which isn't bad because back to the stone age is amazing uh so it's it's a cool song definitely all right i picked wall of sound uh second for me um i love that that riff that Almost kind of a a little tip of the hat to Zeppelin that that's just but I like how once again how it just kind of whenever Gene starts singing the music just kind of puts a hold and it's that that guitar that it while he's singing and then it just kicks back in in between his phrases of the verse it kicks back into that that riff that da 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 and it's just kind of driven um it's got a nice juicy pre-chorus um i, I love the pre-chorus to this and i love the chorus to this i love to and it all comes down to the wall of sound um mm-hmm. to me this is almost like a let this kiss has always been a wall of sound They've always bragged about being, I mean, hell, there's the rumor going around, or it may be actually true, where they cracked the foundation of one of the one of the uh, places that they played in because they were so damn loud. Um, I've heard and, that as well. <laughs> and so KISS was known for being the loudest band for years. So if, there, if any band had a wall of sound, 
And even if the amplifiers all didn't have speakers in them, they always had amplifiers in a lot of their shows just stacked to the ceiling. Um, and so that's, to me, when I close my eyes and I hear this song, I can see all these images of Kiss back in the glory days with the makeup on and even the elaborate sets that they had in the 80s and in the, and in the 90s. So to me, this is just a, a great, great um, Kiss song. It's a not just a good Gene song, but to me, this is a good representation song of the band, period, to me. So that's why it's uh, my favorite. It's my second favorite song on the album. So that brings us to the top three. Brings us to number three. So what's predictions for three? I predicted Long Way Down. Okay. I predicted Back to the Stone Age uh, for number three. Wasn't far off. Um, yeah. With 453 points remaining in the 400s, for number three, the panel chose Long Way Down. Win again! <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it. <laughs> um, but you are you definitely you are in tune with the panel a whole lot more than I am. Um, I know Kiss Nerds well, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, number, uh see, seven panelists, It's All For You Demon, Hard Rock Reverie, Kiss and Time, Matthew Smith, Darren Helliwell, Michael Wayne, and a host picked uh, Long Way Down as their favorite track. So I'll let you go first. Where did you pick this one for you? I put it at number one. I am that host. I think this is a phenomenal song, a phenomenal Paul song, some phenomenal Kiss song. I think it's great. It's, uh, you know, musically, it's 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 similar enough. I mean, it's very familiar, but it's also just different enough that it sticks out a little bit. And, you know, anytime you use, you use the word gypsy in a song, I like that. And uh, he, he opens with, with that. So you already know you're in for a, a good treat. And it's one of those songs that, the riff is good. The performance is good. The solo's great. I think this is one of the very, one of the most memorable Tommy solos. And I, this one you have to wonder, is Paul really directing this at somebody? Is it, you know, maybe like an ex-lover? Is it, you know, perhaps Ace? Is it perhaps, maybe you heard about Vinnie Vincent recently. You don't know who he's, who he's sending this to. Maybe he's sending it to uh, Steven Tyler. Maybe he thinks Steven Tyler's going to fall apart. Cause we all saw that interview recently where he uh, apparently does not like Steven Tyler, but, uh, Nonetheless, regardless of knowing what who he's talking to, what he's talking about exactly, this is such a killer song, and I just absolutely love it. I was floored by this the first time I heard it, and I think this was one when I listened to the record the first time. I was just like, yeah, that was the best song. I went right back to it when the song when the record was over, and I just I, I haven't got enough of it since. It's so good. Uh, it's one of those that I really wish that. Uh, vocally he could pull off live now because I'm, I'm pretty sure this one would be a struggle because I know they, they pulled this one out on a few dates and uh, let's just say it's, it's fine that it's out of the set, it was out of the set quickly but uh, nonetheless as a song and as a recording and a studio product oh my god this thing is phenomenal I love this song I picked Long Way Down for me as number four and really that's not a slight edit at all it could it it's it's just there's three songs I like more. Um, if one of those three songs was not there, this would probably be a number two. It'd probably be my second favorite uh, song on the album. But it falls at number four for me. Um, 
I love this song too. Uh, I love Paul's vocal performance on it. Um, I love the way it starts, how it just kind of starts and Paul's singing within a few bars of it starting. Uh, and, and I don't know why I pick it up from it. I don't know why I get it, but it's another one of those songs that I pull in my head. I hear a little bit of a Zeppelin-esque influence in it, and I don't know why, but I just do. I don't know if anybody else does, but I just do. And um, not 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 detracting from the song or detracting from Paul. This is just like a typical, this is kind of like a typical Paul song that when he writes a type of song where he's going after somebody, not not saying that in a bad way, but just kind of talking to somebody and trying to say something like this, like it's a long way down. It, it, it has that feel to it. It has that kind of swagger and that, that, that looking down at somebody almost kind of feel to it. And I don't mean any of these in bad ways. This is just the way that I kind of pick up from it, trying to almost, in a, in a way, give somebody some advice saying, you know, it's a long way down. And I like the chorus, uh, the way it kind of changes a little bit and the drums do some little time things and he does some offbeats on the on the snare drum and uh stuff like that but uh yeah long way down is good it's number four for me i really like it too i forgot to bring that up the drumming is so good on this song of course you notice that being a drummer but yeah the drumming this is one where i think eric really shines through like you said those those weird time signatures in the chorus are just like they're great they're great they're so good (laughs) This is a song that could have maybe been on like Hot in the Shade. It has a Hot in the Shade type feel. Some of Paul's songs that's on Hot in the Shade. This one has a little bit of a feel of some of those songs. That's just me though. It could be my head, you know, spinning songs uh, in a way. Um, well, it's not using a drum machine though. It's not using a drum machine. Right, so it's, it's one not, difference. <laughs> right, right. No drum machine. Um, <laughs> that we know. That we know of. <laughs> that we know of. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, I will agree that, you know, for Eric to be the type of drummer that he is, and he didn't really shine anywhere on Sonic Boom, and he definitely shone, shined on albums like Revenge and Carnival of Souls, uh, it's good to see a song that he actually isn't just a timekeeper and that he's just not carrying a beat or something, that he actually gets a little bit of an opportunity to do some things like he did on uh, on Long Way Down. Mm-hmm. All right, so that brings us up to number two. If you've been playing along at home, and I hope you have, and I know a lot of you always do, I love seeing those little lists and your predictions mm-hmm. and things. I love seeing those after the video's posted. We're up to the top two, so you know what they are if you've been playing along. So what is the prediction? What's your prediction for number two? Uh, this is the first one I've gotten wrong in a while because uh, we've already talked about the song, but I picked Last Chance, and I don't really have anything to back that. I just, for some reason, thought that I remembered a lot of people loving that song, but uh, I was wrong, obviously. <laughs> um, I predicted that the second, uh, the track number two, I predicted that the panel was going to choose Freak. Um, at 516, breaking into the 500s the panel chose for number two freak um 11 panelists david king Bree strutter sublime 130 rocker l 270 
Trevor Bullock, Emily Graziano, Toy Bonnie Guy, Jay Rucker, Kiss Army Rocks, Gregory Pegg, and Joey Middleton picked Freak as their um, number one song. Me personally, I picked Freak for me as number 10. And the reason why I did is because um, I'm just not a big fan of... I'm not a big fan of this song for a couple reasons, and it doesn't really have to do with the song itself. Um, I don't think Paul Stanley considers himself a freak. (laughs) This is literally where I was going to go with this, so we're on the same page. (laughs) This is just like, I don't know who the hell he wrote this song for. I don't think Kiss fans are freaks. Um, I've got streaks in my hair, maybe in 76 on the Destroyer tour. Um, but he don't have streaks in his hair. He's not a freak. Um, Paul Stanley is, if I think of anybody in KISS now, freak is Gene. And that's still kind of stretching it because Gene's not a freak. He's just a, he's just Gene. But Paul's an old Jewish guy. <laughs> yeah, but Paul Stanley to me is not a freak. Paul Stanley cooks Italian Italian meals and paints and and does wine reviews. And Paul Stanley is not a freak. Um, He originally, I'd heard a rumor that he wrote this song for Lady Gaga. And and Lady Gaga, he was going to give it to her. And then he was going to maybe have her perform it with him to kind of bring in some of the youth, bring in some of that, you know, because she's got, what does she call her fans? Uh, little, mon- little, little monsters. Little monsters. Um, mm-hmm. And so try to bring in some of her fans, and then he just, for whatever reason, decided to do it himself. This is a song that me personally, I just, I don't I don't like this song being on the album. Um, the only reason why it's not 12 is because if you take a, outside of the fact that it's Paul Stanley singing this song, it's a good song. Um I'd probably like it better if Lady Gaga sung this song and it wasn't him. Because I'm actually, I'm a fan of Lady Gaga, whether you like it or not. Uh, more of her later stuff than her earlier stuff. When she was just trying to be outrageous, trying to be the next Madonna. And then when she actually settled into being an artist and creating good music. Um, then then I liked Lady Gaga. Um, but this song, my biggest thing is not the, against the song itself. I actually, it, it still has a an I'm 18 Alice Cooper kind of feel to it at the very beginning of it to me. Um, but I love the verse and I love the pre-chorus and I love the chorus. I just don't like that Paul Stanley sing, is singing it because Paul Stanley's not a freak. Um, and I, you know, but anyway, uh, but it falls low for me. Ten. What about for you? Yeah, I had it low as well. <laughs> Funny enough, I uh, I had it at number eleven, so second from the bottom. And a lot of those uh, reasons that I have for that are similar to your reasons. I don't think that Paul sells this song very well. It's kind of like the fact that I don't think Gene can sell the like I'm evil and menacing thing very well anymore because, like you said. 
Paul's not a freak. He doesn't consider himself one. He's not an outcast. If anything, he's part of the in crowd. You know, he's very much the guy that if he wasn't rich would be like the well-to-do guy in the neighborhood with his wine tastings and with his uh, showroom wife and his perfect kids and everything. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think he sells it super well. But kind of going to the Lady Gaga thing, I think that I think that was a huge part of it because they were even hanging out around that time. I don't know if you remember seeing those photos, but she's like backstage trying on Paul's boots and everything. And mm-hmm. I got to be honest, I was excited about that because similar to you, I'm a Lady Gaga fan. I love her. I'm so excited for the new record that as of this recording is coming out in two days. I don't know when this is coming out exactly, but it's probably going to be out by the time this video is out. But uh, I'm glad she's back to being eccentric and kind of weird combined with her musicality she's developed over time. Uh, but I think... One thing I kind of have always been curious about on that is if maybe this song was presented to Lady Gaga and she maybe her or her people or something said no, because I could see her if she's going to do a song with with Kiss, she's going to do something that's like an over the top like ballad that can really show off and has some progression, kind of like her song uh, You and I. That one is a just great epic arena rock kind of ballad with a build up that you could see, you know, just on the same stage as November Rain or something like that. So I could see her or maybe more so someone in her management seeing this song or hearing the song and saying, you know, Kiss, you can do better than this. We want to show off our girl more. And as a result, they still went through with it and still put it out. But I, I think that's how we would have really had something shine with with Gaga and Paul. And, you know, if they had told him to write a new song, he probably should have done it because even though this record did well enough, you know, having Lady Gaga in your pocket, especially when this record came out, he, it would have... It would have been a game changer. I mean, it really would have opened them up to a completely different audience. Sure, their shows and everything are selling just as well, but this record would have got them to a whole new, a whole new plateau, uh, so to speak, with all the uh, with all the Gaga fans. So, I don't know. It's it's not it's not my favorite, but it's it's a song. <laughs> yeah, I think Paul was going to put it on the album, whether Lady Gaga sang on it or not, because he was probably <laughs> yeah. proud of it. He was committed. <laughs> he was committed at that point in time. <clears throat> Uh, so that leaves us to the last track, and so that's number one. So what was your prediction for number one? Hell hallelujah. Mine was hell or hallelujah, and with 566 points, and number one, the panel chose hell or hallelujah. Uh, 18 panelists, AJ Zetro, 1975, Michael Avant, Sandy Graziano, Paul Bertolino, John Schaefer, Bill Sharp, Sam Loomis, Typo Positive Viking, Robbie Stars, Hit Space 1980, Mick C, Jay Reed, Metal, Raven FM, Jeremy Carmona, John O, Marco, and myself picked Hell or Hallelujah as their favorite track on the album. Uh, this hands down to me um, is to, just to me and to 17 other people, this is the best kiss song on this album um it's and and paul his voice i remember hearing i remember this was the first song i heard off this album and i remember actually hearing this song before i bought the album they had that really weird musical lyric video that had the words going all over the place those were kind of the thing when this album came out and of course if there was a thing kiss was going to do that thing to kind of this was the hey let's be hit the album kind of in a way um and uh I, like i said i think even some markets some people told me that you know the album was a, the cover was 3d because the way paul's reaching and everything so of course 3d is always a, a niche thing to do 3d's all 3d always comes in and out of 
fashion. I mean, remember the 3D te- television craze a few years back? And, and I remember seeing movies in 3D whenever I was a kid back in the 80s. And so 3D always comes in and out of v- Vogue or whatever. But I remember seeing the video, and Kiss wasn't in the video because it was a lyric video, um, and which I thought was a good thing. Because I remember thinking that the Psycho Circus video was kind of stupid because it was just basically them doing the 3D thing again and spinning around under the camera, pointing and trying to make, <laughs> oh, this is a 3D video. Didn't you know this is a 3D video? Look, it's a 3D Basically. video. You know, so, Ace holding his uh, guitar headstock. Yeah. That was always funny. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like... Um, but so the video... So I remember when I heard this... I actually, hearing this song, I had a lot of hope for this album. And then whenever I heard, you know, songs, you know, songs after it, I had hope for it. Um, and then as the album kind of got on for me, the hope kind of waned a little bit. Um, there's a lot of stars on this album, but I don't think in my universe, I don't think for this album, no star shines as bright as Hell or Hallelujah. In my opinion, it is the Kiss song on this album, uh, the most, the most Kiss-like song um, to me. So it's that's why I pick it as my number one. What about for you? I have it at number five, but that's no slight against it because this one is like the top five on here are all kind of interchangeable for number one to a degree. And uh, I think it's it's great. I think it was a wise decision to make it the first single. I think this is a stronger first single than Modern Day Delilah was, even on Sonic Boom, in all honesty, uh, because that riff, that riff is just so tasty. I love that guitar riff. Uh, that's that's a very memorable, I don't know who wrote the initial riff, if it was Paul or Tommy or even Gene or Eric or somebody, but whoever wrote that riff, they, they deserve some credit for that because it's just so tasty. And Paul's vocal performance is great on it. All the backing vocals from Gene and the guys are, are well done. Uh, the lyrics are open-ended enough and vague enough that you can kind of make your own interpretation about it, but they're not like too abstract, which is kind of the perfect wheelhouse to be in, I think. And uh, the guitar solo, I think, is really good. This is one of the good ones from Tommy. Uh, the drum work from Eric is great. The bass work is great from G. I mean, the band is on fire on this song. I was so happy that they did put this one in the set because, you know, they normally will play the single in the set. Uh, this is one that worked really well, and uh, I wish they would play this in the current set as opposed to say, yeah, to represent this version of the band because there's no reason not to. <laughs> right. Um, but I think it's it's a killer song, a great intro for the record, a great first single. I mean, everything about this, it seems like this is one of those songs you hear people talk about this sometimes, especially with the 80s records, from be it from Kiss or any, any other 80s bands. But you can tell with this one, they said, this is going to be the single and we're going to put a lot of time and a lot of energy into it. And uh, it, it paid off in spades for them. Yeah, and this is one of the songs that's one of their songs that is good that doesn't sound like another one of their songs, in my opinion. Yes. And does not sound like somebody else's song, in my opinion. Uh, I don't really hear an influence here. I don't hear them ripping off one of their earlier songs. Um, you know, and I, I think we missed the song. I meant to say it, and I can't remember right off the top of my head which one it actually is, but... Um, there's a part, there's a lyric that Gene actually plagiarizes himself um, in this song. There's a song on this album. What's the song where he says, let your backbone slip? Oh, yeah, that's uh, Eat Your Heart Out. Eat Your Heart Out. And he also yeah. says that on uh, <laughs> Sonic Boom. Mm-hmm. 
Let your backbone slip. Such a pretty sight. Um, and I, I think it's on a demo or two as well. I mean, he really likes that lyric. <laughs> Russian roulette is what that's on. So I'm sitting here, and when he says, let your backbone slip, I'm like, oh, Gene, you're ripping yourself off now. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, I love Gene. I've talked about it several times in videos before. I love Paul's and Gene's approach to songwriting. It's just so amazing. Paul, he like, he's like an architect, man. He's, you can see him, he's got that blueprint and he's got it laid out and he's laying it out and he's got his protractor out and his angle and, and his, <laughs> and he's just, you know, he's just laying out the perfect Paul Stanley construction. It's on a blueprint hanging on the wall. And if you look at one of Gene's, Gene's got this little patchwork over here and he's going to borrow, he's got like bins of patches and he's just grabbing this one looks good these two look good together this one looks kind of the same and then so if you looked at paul's and gene's songs hanging on the wall one would be a blueprint and the other one would be a quilt but that is what's amazing about the two of them is that they and when they write songs together i think their songs that they write together are great and, and yeah. when they sing together um they're like they're like Lennon and, and and McCartney, man. I mean, they really are my generation's Lennon and McCartney, in my opinion. Uh, and a lot of people, I mean, it's a lot of people say it's blasphemous to compare a band like Kiss to the Beatles, but hell, they modeled themselves after them. So, um, in every sense of the word, you know, four unique personalities, and everybody sang, and everybody wrote songs, everybody contributed. Um, at least in the beginning, you know, and, and pretty much through their whole, whole, you know, tenure they did. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yes, Hell or Hallelujah, I, I think it's a great song. It's just, yeah, it's just got that power and energy. And it's probably my second favorite Eric's drumming song on this album. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just good. It's a great way to start. It's a great way to start the album. I just wish that all the songs on this album had, um, you know, had as much energy as this one does. And mm -hmm. I don't understand. One of the things that kind of always befuddled me, we can maybe do this in the final thoughts section, but one of the things that kind of always I wondered about this album is why did they feel, but Gene started talking about this album like two months before they went to go record it. He was talking about how they had like, 22 songs and the album was going to be 17 tracks and then <laughs> yeah. you know and then it ended up only being 12 tracks you know they did have the 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 extra song the right here right now which a lot of people really wish would have been on this album um but why did they push so hard that this album was no filler which i don't know about that um <laughs> No ballads. Why? Why were they so hell bent on no ballads? Why not? Because um, because this guy right here is good at ballads. And why? Yeah. Why did they? Why did they pigeonhole him? And you know, just the way they Gene pigeonholed him on Carnival of Souls to, oh, you can't write Kiss songs. You're going to have to write songs about gloom and doom and you know even though we're millionaires um right <laughs> but why did they pigeon why did they take one of paul stanley's sharpest tools at one of his sharpest pencils uh why did they take that out of his uh out of his toolkit i don't oh, understand yeah. you're not taking 
anything out of Gene's toolkit when you say no ballots. I mean, Kiss at this point in time wasn't going to be recording Man of a Thousand Faces, Mr. Make-Believe, See You in Your Dreams. They weren't going to be doing, or See You Tonight. They weren't going to be doing any of that on this album anyway, but Paul Stanley very easily could have wrote a ballad for for this album. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, not to get too much on this record, but I think his Live to Win record, the best songs are the ballads pretty much on that one. And, you know, they always say, oh, we want to be classic Kiss. But of most of the records they reference, they say, it should be like Destroyer. It should be like uh, Rock and Roll Over. It should be like Creatures of the Night. They all have ballads on them. And I agree with you. Kind of going back to, if we went back to, say, the Lady Gaga thing, and we had had her kind of on a power ballady thing, it might have elevated this record from being a good record and a record people generally like to being considered one of the great records that people really like and call it a you know triumphant record in the fact that they sold however many more copies they would have had they had that Lady Gaga Paul Stanley ballad on there. Yeah. I mean, you can have... There's a difference in a love song and there's a difference in a ballad. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, a, and a a power ballad. They could have put a power ballad on here. You know, he, you didn't have to have, um, like Paul Stanley's solo album is a perfect, Paul Stanley's 1978 solo album is a perfect example of having rockers, of having mm-hmm. ballads like Hold Me, Touch Me, and then having power ballads like Tonight You Belong to Me, Tonight You Belong to Me is one of the greatest songs Paul Stanley ever wrote. Hello, it's a power ballad. It, whether it's not, it may not be a power ballad in the 80s since Finally Found the Love of a Lifetime, I Saw Red, you know, those types of power ballads, you know, Angel Eyes from Steelheart or I'll Never Let You Go or whatever, those types of power ballads. But Tonight You Belong to Me is a power ballad. It's a love song. Uh Take Me Away Together as One, an epic, epic love song that goes on many, many, many types of journeys. So they could have had a softer song on here. They could have had a ballad, and Paul Stanley could have wrote it. If anybody in that band could have wrote the perfect power ballad, <laughs> and that it's, the album still could be called Monster. But I just, it, I've always wondered, that's one of the things that's always kind of bewildered me about this album is why did they choose to purposely not put softer song on here, a love song, and and actually even promote that and hype that it didn't have, um, you know, a song on it. Nobody cares. So why does my... Why take a limitation? Why put a limitation on yourself? Oh, yeah. I mean, one, it, again, detracts from the overall product because kind of like what we were saying on some of the more average ones, when you want to talk about them, there's not a lot to say. You're just like, oh, it's a rocker. It's nice. Uh Cool. Moving on. Even if you didn't like the ballad, at least at that point, you'd say, well, this song sucks because it's slow. But at least you could say that. So, you know. Exactly. All right, well, that's all we've got for this. I'm going to count them down really quick. Again, at number 12, we had Eat Your Heart Out. Number 11, Off of the Love of Rock and Roll. Number 10, The Devil is Me. Number 9, Out of This World. Number 8, Last Chance. Number 7, Shout Mercy. Number 7, Take Me Down Below. Number 6, Back to the Stone Age. Number 4, Wall of Sound. Number 3, Long Way Down. Number number 2, Freak. 
number one hell or hallelujah so that is monster picked by you guys the panel the next video that will come out is going to be peter chris is out of control um I, I do want to go through the post-Kiss solo albums. I do, because that's going to be a journey for me as well, because there's some of them I've not heard. And even out of control, I've not heard in a long time, uh, probably five years since I've listened to Out of Control. Um, but I've not heard of all, all of Peter's albums. I've not heard all of Ace's. And I'm looking forward to it. So, But those will be coming just Keep an eye on the social media panel members. Keep an eye on my social media, either Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Keep an eye on those posts. And when you see it come up, if you feel like voting for it, if you know it, get in on it and vote. You'll have at least a week. Be sure to check out Kim She Chris's YouTube channel as well as check him out on social media as well. He's on Twitter. And you are on Instagram also, right? Oh, yeah. On all of them. Uh, Kimchi Chris Picks on uh, Instagram and uh, Kimchi Tweets, I believe, on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I don't know. If you find uh, Brant's page here, you'll find me as well <laughs> if you look hard enough. <laughs> yeah, and Chris, as long as he has the um, time and opportunity to do it, he's uh, going to continue to do some videos uh, with me. But anyway, that's all I've got for this one. Chris, appreciate you so much hanging out with me and getting this done. Oh, yeah. And, I appreciate it, too. <laughs> and panel members, it has been quite the ride that me and Rick began, oh, gosh, about four months ago, uh, before the turn of the year. And uh, it's actually probably been close to six months ago. And uh, Rick will be back. For those of you concerned, Rick will be back sooner or later here and there. Uh, me and Rick are cool. I had somebody ask me, did you and Rick have a falling out? No, me and Rick <laughs> have not had a falling out. Um, so Rick will be back and, uh, and uh, we'll, I'll continue to come up with stuff for us to talk about, not only about other things, but about KISS as well. So appreciate you guys that's been with me on the panel and we're going to try to keep panel stuff going, KISS related and non-KISS related. So that's all I've got for this one. Chris, appreciate, appreciate you so much. And we'll see you in the next one, guys. Thanks for watching. It's 3D. It's 3D. <laughs>